Let's get going. So today's daf is daf Yud Aleph, page 11 in Meseches, in Meseches Ksubis. And we got up to daf Yud Aleph. We're on the second line on the daf. Okay, so we're up to the Mishnah. Here we go. Brand new Mishnah, continuing on this theme of value in Ksuba. So here we go. Hagiyoris. If you have a female convert, Vahashvuya, or a woman who was taken by non-Jews in captivity, Vahashivcha, or a maidservant, a non-Jewish maidservant, Shaniftu, they were redeemed, Vishanizgairu, or they converted to Judaism, Vishanishtachru, or they were freed. Now, so you have women who were in three different settings, all of them either they were non-Jewish or they were controlled by non-Jews. At the time that this happened, however, let's keep reading, let's keep learning. They were younger than three years old and a day. So now this is interesting because according to halacha, any woman whose hymen has been broken by the, when she's the younger than the age of three years old and a day, the halacha tells us that it grows back. It, it uh, replenishes itself. Therefore, if let's say she was non-Jewish younger than that age, or she was taken in captivity and controlled by these non-Jews, even if they were to have violated her, since she's younger than age three, now that she's getting married, let's say, in her teenage years or so, there's still no reason to not have your besulim. There's still no reason to not have her signs of virginity. Because it would have grown back. So, she's still going to receive the ksuva of a besula, the ksuva of a virgin, which is 200 zuz. The yeshlahem tainas besulim. And also there's tainas besulim, meaning the husband gets married to this, to this uh, young lady who's now in her teenage years, let's say. And again, she was taken in captivity younger than that age. She tells her husband, you should know I'm a besula, I'm a virgin, and therefore... I get that value of Ksuba, and you should just know that, you know, when, uh, when we're together for our relations, you can expect me to be a virgin. And now they have, they, they have relations on Wednesday night. He doesn't see any signs of virginity. He comes Thursday morning to Besden. He could come with claims about the virginity. And as we explained last time, not only it, it does this have to do with a financial claim, this is a, this is a severe halachic claim as well. Because what happens if let's say he put a ring on her finger, they're completely married, but they moved in together a year later. They didn't assume a year later. She's supposed to be a basula. She claims she's a virgin all along. And they have relations, and it turns out that there's no signs of virginity. You have a real halachic problem. You know why? Because there's a chance that she willingly had relations over the past year when she was a full-fledged married woman, and a full-fledged married woman who has relations with somebody is forbidden to be with her husband. As long as it was done willingly. Okay, so you have number one, the ksuva issue, and number two, the halachic issue, what we call tainas basulim, claims about her virginity. Says the Gemara, here we go, Omer of Hunavuna says, Ger katan, we're now going to discuss the laws of, of conversion a little bit. If you have a child, a young boy, that was converted at, uh, at a young age, so we are title him in the mikvah, aldas bezdin, with the knowledge of bezdin. Okay, this is talking about where, let's say you have somebody who's, you know, let's say you have a family who's converting together. Parents are all converting and the, you know, the, they want to convert the children along with them. So we say, listen, the kid's uh, 
four, five, six years old, the child's going to convert along with the parents. Okay. What if there's no father? So let's say the kid's adopted, something of that sort. So Bezdin as well can be tovel this child, kind of convert the child at the young age. Michael Mashmal says, Gemara, we know that. What's the, this is not a novel idea. There's no chiddish over here. You know why? This chusulo. You, you know why it's not a chiddish that we can help convert him? Because isn't it a benefit to somebody to convert them to Judaism? And as a general rule, we know you're allowed to, as an agent, um, do something as a merit for somebody that is to their benefit. So for example, for example, let's say um, there's someone who wants to give money, Reuven wants to give money to Shimon. Shimon doesn't even know about it. He's not here. But you, Levi hears about this. And he wants to make sure that Shimon really gets that money. Reuven doesn't change his mind. So Levi says to Reuven here, you know what? Give me the money, and I'm going to act as an agent for Shimon. When Reuven gives the money to Levi, the money now does belong to Shimon, because Levi is considered Shimon's agent. The question is, did Shimon ever ask him to be an agent? No. But still, we know that it's to Shimon's benefit. So the agency is going to, it's Zachin Lanjai I'm allowed to, as long as I know for sure this is a merit for somebody, I can act as an agent, even though they don't currently have their knowledge. She says the Gemara, what's the whole novel idea that a Bezdin is allowed to immerse a Katan to convert him to Judaism? That's a standard rule of Zachin Adam. That where you could do something that to someone's, that's to someone's gain, even though you don't have their das, but you can't do something that's to somebody's loss. Says the Gemara, uh, uh, let me explain something. Being a Jew, this is so profound. Being a Jew in the big picture truthfully is a gain. There's no question about that. But is there pitfalls that come along with the responsibility? Possibly. So it says Gemara like this. I would have thought to say, Very nice. You want to think that by accepting conversion for this child, it's for this child's benefit. But you know what the child might be saying? You know what a non-Jew might be saying? I prefer to not have any restrictions in my life. I prefer to keep the seven Noahide laws and I'm fine. Very profound. Says more like this. When you have an adult non-Jew, then we do not say, I can accept conversion on his behalf. You know why? Because anybody who's already tasted the taste of sin, or the, it's not even a sin for them, the taste of hefkerus, of, of, how do you translate, of Geras? Frivolousness? Yeah, things that, so then to go ahead and say, you know, oh, being a Jew is a great thing, is not so easy for them, and you can't necessarily call it a schus, that it's an automatic merit. However, when somebody's a child, a young child, who hasn't really tasted any sort of looseness, in their life, then we're, we, we just have a world of opportunity open in front of them. Then we certainly know that this is this is a zechus for them. And but we just pause for a moment and contemplate the the the, the message that the Gemara is telling over, uh, us over here when it comes to raising children and when it comes to dealing with people. Sometimes, it, not sometimes, very often, we as parents have a very difficult. Uh, balance to play out between sheltering our children 
from things that they don't need. And sometimes that is healthy. And sometimes you can shelter them too much in a way that it is, uh, it's, to their, it's to their detriment. But in the big picture, says the Gemara, you know, the, more, the, the less a, a person is exposed to certain things, the greater chance they have of knowing what their priority should be. And therefore, as a child who hasn't tasted any of this yet, it really is a schus. It's a schus. It's a schus. It's a merit. It's a merit. It's a merit. It's not like, oh, they're just being brainwashed or they're, they're, we're, we're sheltering them too much. No, it's a merit for them. However, somebody who's ready, once information is out there and once they have exposure to other things, all of a sudden their whole reality of priorities changes. And this is a, a very delicate and, and uh, call it difficult because it's delicate, balance that, that you know, we as parents are responsible for. Says the Gemara, let's bring a proof for a Vunagir Sashivka. If you have a convert or a woman who was taken in captivity or a non Jewish maidservant, Shaniftu, they were a deen, the Shanishgairu, they converted to Shanishakri, they were freed people, and they were under the age of three years and a day. What's the halacha? What's the halacha over here? With the, if they're younger than that? So they get the ksuba of a besula. Now, let me ask you a question. How old is this girl when she converted? Less than three years old and a day. So you see, you can have conversion. Bezdin can accept conversion. My love, Dr. Lino does Bezdin. Aren't we referring to a case where Bezdin converted her? And you see, Ravuna is correct. No, not necessarily. Maybe the case of the girl who converted under age three is dealing with the following case. Maybe the case is where it's a family Converting together, you have parents and a few children. Incredible. The Gemara is now adding a layer to this and saying that when it comes to families converting, so any child prefers to have a family over the ability to have a life of greater hefkeris. Another uh, such a profound and beautiful message that the Gemara is letting us know. If, within a, a healthy family, when, you, when we're able to, to live within a, a healthy structure and have a home that's comfortable walking into, that um, is going to override for anybody and keep that status of Zachan Adam. It's, auto, it's an automatic schos for a person. But the bottom line is, as far as going into our Gemara, there's no proof to Rav Huna's halacha that a Bezdin can be Makabogeris, because over here it's not a Bezdin overseeing the conversion, it's actually going to be the parents overseeing the conversion. Okay, so again, so far what we've had uh, from our Mishnah and starting in the Gemara is a primary focus on Gerus of a Katan or Kitana, the conversion of a minor. Says the Gemara, you should know, Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, when it comes to the laws of conversion, Hegdilu Yechaylem Lemchais, any child who converts to Judaism under the age of 12 for a girl and 13 for a boy, once they reach godless, once they become an, an adult, they can refuse. Now there's a whole, refuse means they can renounce their citizenship, so to speak, to Judaism. There's a fascinating conversation here. If, if let's say, a child were to do this, is it retroactive is it Lema Freya, that they were never Jewish in the first place? Or is it from here on forth, 
And there are some fascinating ramifications in this. Uh, when one of the yeshivas that I attended, which will rename, which will remain nameless for now, um, we had a uh, there was a Talmud, there was a student in the yeshiva who worked in the kitchen. He was also a kohen, and he and I worked. He kind of uh, you know helped you know uh, helped cook a little bit, helped waiter a little bit. He was also a kohen, and he found out when uh, he was already in a stage of being a gadol that his mother's not Jewish. His mother wasn't Jewish. And at least at that time, I haven't heard from him much uh, after that, and I also moved on to a different yeshiva. At that time, he did not become Jewish. Once he heard he didn't, he, you know, he's not Jewish, he decided to remain not Jewish, which left a, the, the place was rocking, the place was on wheels, because this person not only was considered a Kohen, but also at times, because he was in and out of the kitchen and worked as a waiter, at times was the one who would turn on the ovens for Bishal Akum, uh, to make sure it wouldn't be Bishal Akum. Turns out he was an Akum also. It was Lebedika stuff. Wild stuff. Okay? So uh, over here you're going to enter a fascinating situation. If you hold that this kid, when he's becoming a Bar Mitzvah, and chooses to not become Jewish, you know, let's say he cooked, uh, he, he, he made the pizza in the oven two days before. If we say that retroactively he was never Jewish, because now he's renouncing his citizenship, does that trafe up uh, the ovens, everything. So you, ent- you, you enter a lot of uh, interesting situations. So here we go. But bottom line is, says Rabbi Yosef, if when he becomes an adult, he's able to protest the Judaism and say, I prefer to be a guy. Eisei Abayi. Abayi asked the challenging question on his Heiliger Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef. Abayi was Rabbi Yosef's uh, Talmud Muvok, established Talmud. The Gemara tells us actually that Rabbi Yosef at a certain point got very sick and he forgot his learning. And Abaye was able to reteach his Rebbe all the Torah that his Rebbe taught him. So you see, the Torah that you teach others is really the, the Torah that you're able to hold on to. So Abaye, Abaye, it's a challenging question to this Rebbe. He says like this, Hagioris, a convert, Vahashvuya, a woman taken in captivity, Vashivcha and a maidservant, Shanifdu, they were a deen. Vishenis Gairu, they converted. Vishenis Dakru, or they were freed because less than three years old in a day. They still receive a 200 Zuz Ksuba, the same as a regular Basula, the same as a regular virgin. We assume that they have their virginity because they were younger than three, and therefore the hymen grew back. When they become an adult, they can get rid of their conversion. Why in the world, listen to this, would we give her a ksuba if, if she goes and walks away from Judaism, she's just going to walk off with the money. Why are, in other words, it seems, once she says, I'm no longer a Jew, she's going to benefit from the finances, from a ksuba, that she had while she's a yid, the Gemara doesn't like this. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. You only give a girl a 200 zuz ksuba, a, basu, a ksuba of a basula, of a virgin, when you're giving it to her as a gedola, as an adult. And once she's an adult, there's no chance of her becoming a Gentile again. Because as, as long as she accepted it to be Jewish for one moment, that's it. One she, even? Yeah, she's locked in. So when is she supposed to do a machal? When is she when she becomes a gadol, so there's two. So there's a whole. Con- practically speaking, so 
Um, the ideal way to do it is to let is to let the child know or the young adult now when they become as the day they become a barabbas mitzvah, being you know you're either adopted, you're converted, whatever it is, and do do you want to remain a Jew? And they if they say yes, they're good to go. One one second to answer. They can't contemplate it. They can say they think about it. They even think about it. But once they say yes, it's yes. Now there are those who even say, there are those who even say that as long you don't even have to ask them. As long as they're aware of the halacha prior to becoming a bar and bas mitzvah, and they're aware that when they become a bar and bas mitzvah, they have the ability to walk away. You can tell them this when they're 10, 11 years old. You should know you're a bar mitzvah. You know, that you learn this Gemara with them, for example. Right? They become aware. And then at their bar and bas mitzvah, they keep living their life as a yid. That also, a lot of Pais can say, that also is going to suffice as a... Uh, you know, this way it's not as it's not as a blatant and traumatic event that you're you're putting on a twelve and thirteen year old. Okay, says the Gemara. When she becomes a gedela, she's also going to walk away. No, once she becomes a gedela for one moment, she doesn't protest. It is what it is. She's now a, a Jew. Once a Jew, always a Jew. Masiv Rava, Rav has a challenging question. Elu narai sheishlem kanas. The following nara is receive a kanas. Now, what's a nara? So, generally speaking, a nara is a young lady between the age of twelve and twelve and six months. So, she's reached the age of becoming a halachic gedola, a halachic adult, but she hasn't necessarily developed in her physical maturity. Okay, so so if somebody were to seduce a nara, a girl of that age. So they have to pay, they're, first of all, they're obligated to marry her. If, the, if she decides not to marry him, though, and, or her father says, no, you're not touching my daughter again, so then he's not allowed to, and he's obligated to pay a fine to the family. One who has relations with a mamzeres, with a nesina, or a kusis. So a mamzeres, as we know, is a, is a child born from a biblically forbidden relationship, according to Rabbi Akiva, even if it's a ne- any negative transgression, but according to the general opinion, is if there's a chi of karis or a chi of misa. All right, so for example, if somebody has relations with their sister, with their mother, with their grandmother, and uh, they have a child, that child is going to be a, uh, is going to be a mamzer. It's not this classic bastard that we refer to in America of any child born out of wedlock. Over here, if the child's born out of wedlock, he's not, he's not going to have a status of a, of a mamzer. A nosin is a uh, descendant of this uh, nation that converted out of fear, and also a kusis, also. So, um, all these situations, she was, she was younger than three years old in a day. Yesh, lahem, knas, they all are going to receive a knas. Now, this is a young child. We're going to say that when they get older, they could renounce their Judaism. Why would we allow her to collect a fine that she can just walk away from Judaism and uh, spend, on her, uh, spend on her pork? So Gemara says, Lechi we only give it to her once she accepts her Judaism as a Gedela. So the Gemara, same question, Lechi Nami maybe she becomes a Gedela, even then she can walk away. So the Gemara, no, she can't walk away once she, you know, uh, once she accepts her Judaism. Once she was an adult for one moment, 
and she didn't renounce her Judaism, Shov it is what it is, and therefore you could give her that money the, from the first moment that she reaches adulthood. Abaye Omar Karava says the Gemara, you should know Abaye did not say like Rava, because when it comes to Knas, and again, this is the fellow who violated this young girl. So he's got to pay a fine. All right? He's got to pay a fine. And the reason why we got to pay a fine is because a problem with who? Him. So it says like this, says more like this. What are you concerned about? He's going to pay her a fine and she might walk away from Judaism and spend that money on uh, something, you know, uh, as a Gentile. So what? The bottom line is this guy seduced a young child. So he should have to pay. What's in your cheshbon? What's in your calculation how she spends her money? This guy's, it's, it's on him. It's on the Gavra. That's Abaye's approach. But Rav does not agree with Abaye. Why? Because Rav says like this. Why do we have a ksuba in the first place? Why does every Jewish wife, why does she get an automatic ksuba? Why does she, why does she have to know where her ksuba is? In order that the husband should take it seriously if he ever wants to get involved in a divorce. We don't want to make it easy for a husband to send his wife away, to divorce his wife, and therefore we all know. Once you get married, you have a, you have a, a ksuba obligation. Hence, if she, didn't, if she didn't yet walk away from Judaism, we want to make sure that she's protected and allow her to collect her ksuba. So each one, they're agreeing in halacha. But each one's coming with their own force and their own, uh, and their own reasoning as to why she should be paid. Again, either because we want to make sure right now she's Jewish, there should be ksuba, it should be hard to divorce her. Or we could say, because, listen, the money being paid by the seducer is a fine. And uh, even though she might spend it as a, as a non-Jew, we don't care. You got to pay up. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. Now, the Mishnah that we started on the top of today's Amr discussed a virgin, a besula. We said, if even if she was in captivity or she wasn't, and there's a chance that she was uh, violated, whatever it was, by somebody not Jewish, as long as she's less than three years old, she has an automatic status of a virgin. Because even if the hymen was to have been pierced, it grew back. This Mishnah is going to tell us the flip side. What if she's older? So let's get into this. Says the Mishnah. We're now five lines from the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Aleph. Hagadol Shabbat Ala Ketano. If you have an adult Jew who has relations with a Ketano, with a, uh, a young girl. Now Rashi over here tells us not just a young girl who's under the age of Bas Mitzvah, but it means she's under three years old. Vikaton, or a, a, uh, a Jewish minor, so he's under the age of Bar Mitzvah, Shabbat al-Hagadayla, who has relations with a teenager, uh, a teenage woman. Okay? So, Umukas um, Eitz, and also Umukas Eitz. Now, Umukas Eitz is going to, you know, the first two cases, certainly in our society, you, know, you have to think back. In the original society, you know, I don't know how common these situations were, but it was obviously different than what we had now. Mukas Eitz is, is very common, very common. Mukas Eitz basically is an expression of 
if a piece of wood entered the vaginal canal and pierced the hymen. So she lost her signs of virginity, but not because she actually had intercourse with anybody. It's because it was mukas eight. She was hit by a stick. That's what it, that's what it literally means. Now, nowadays, that's a, it's not an uncommon thing with with uh, all the sports that girls and women are involved in. You can have a scenario where it, it's quite common for uh, a, a situation to occur where the basulim are broken. Now, as we're going to see, the basulim once she becomes a female, a halachic adult anyway start to weaken and start to disintegrate. Whether or not something even entered, it, it, become, it, it, it could be very easily ruptured, which is why in our, in our current society, where women aren't getting married until they're you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever it is, see, even at these ages, it's, you know, it, it can rupture in other ways. But that's mukaseitz. Mukaseitz means she doesn't have the signs of virginity, but not due to any, any, uh, any uh, intercourse. So in, in all these cases, ksuvasan masayim, she still receives the ksuva of a virgin. Divir Rabbi Meir, this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Now, so this applies, listen to this. She's a gedola, she's, call her 15 years old, but an eight-year-old boy had relations with her, She's still considered a virgin. In halakha, we don't consider the intercourse of a boy younger than nine to even be an intercourse. Okay? It's actually called like a mukas eitz, as the Gemara will get into. No, a mukas eitz, the ksuba does change, and we'll explain on Amad Bey's why. Let's say you have a virgin who's a widow. How is it possible? A husband puts a ring on his wife's finger and he says, Behold, you are married to me. And he drops dead under the chuppah. We know they weren't together yet. Almana, so she's a widow. Grusha, or he puts a ring on her finger. They get into their first fight and they get divorced. Even if we know they didn't have relations, but they stood under the chuppah together. The ksuba is still a mana, top of Yud Aleph Amud Beis. The husband can't wake up the next morning and say, oh, there was no signs of virginity. Hello, she already had an asuan. You hear? Listen to this case. You have a woman whose husband put a ring on her finger under the chuppah. So she was acquired. They had chuppah. And then he kicks the bucket at the end of the wedding. They weren't together. So she's now a widow. She now remarries another guy. This other guy afterwards shows up to Bezdin. Other guy after shows up to Bezdin. And he says, uh, my wife's not a basula. We say, yeah, we know, of course. She's not a basula. You know why she's not a basula? Because she was married before. He's like, what do you mean? But her husband dropped dead in the wedding. Doesn't matter. There's no tainas basula. Her ksuba is 100 ksuba. There's no tainas basula. A convert, a woman taken in captivity, or a, or a shivcha kananis, same non-Jewish maidservant. Yiseros at an age that's older than three years old in a day when the hymen won't won't uh, grow back. They get a, a ksuba of a mana. And there's also no tainas besulim. There's no claim of the next morning where the husband can come come to the and say, "Oh, why I didn't see any signs of virginity." You know what the response is? Last letter of the olive base. Mm-hmm. Tough. That's it. Yeah, one hundred. You gave her a one hundred monaksuba. She. You, you. You don't have to. You. You should have assumed 
that she was not a besula. Period. End of the Mishnah. We're now four lines down on Yud Aleph Amud Beis. Let's get into the Gemara. It says the Gemara, Amr Rav Yudah Marav. Rav Yudah says in the name of Rav, Koton Habo Al Hagedayla. If you have a Koton, a, a boy who's not yet reached the age of Bar Mitzvah, who has relations with a Gedayla, with an adult woman over the age of Bas Mitzvah, Asa'a Mukas Eitz. He turns her into a Mukas Eitz. Okay. Now what's Mukas Eitz? So let's explain. Here we're dealing with a boy who's not only younger than Bar Mitzvah, he's actually younger than nine years old. And as we explained before, intercourse between a male and female is only called an intercourse if the, in Halacha, if the boy, if the male, is older than nine years old in a day. If you have an eight-year-old boy who has relations with a woman, we don't call that intercourse. You know what we call it? Mukas eights. Even if her hymen is pierced by him, it's the same as a piece of wood being pierced. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't gain a status of, having, uh, of being, uh, of being uh, intercourse. Okay? Um. And when I said this in front of Shmuel, he said, no. He says, no, there's no such thing as mukas eitz whenever you have, uh, whenever it's done with flesh. Okay. And um, according to Shmuel, he, he says that if you have an eight-year-old boy who has relations with an adult woman, nothing happened. It's not even a mukas eitz. We're not concerned. All right. There are those who learn this statement on its own. If you have a katan under the under age nine who had a relation with the gedayla, Rav Amar saw mukasets. She becomes a mukasets, and her tuba changes. Ushmol Amar ain mukasets bebaser. No, nothing changed. Masiv Ravaisha Ravaisha has challenging question. If you have an adult man that has relations with a katana with a minor girl, the katan haba ala gedayla or a minor male. Who has relations with an adult woman? Umukasets and umukasets. In all these cases, ksubasa masayim. The very man has been a rabbi meir. V'chamar m'cham saying no. Mukasets ksubasa mana. She has. She receives the ksuba of a beula of a non-virgin. Now, bottom line is, where do they argue? Only by a mukasets. Only when the the uh, virginity was lost through eight, but through, through a piece of wood. But what would happen in the case of a katan? of this minor who had relations with the Gedayla, she does not become a Mukas Eitz, which seems to be like Shmuel. Nothing happened. When you have a child who's eight years old or younger who has relations, it's nothing. But Rav says, no, you are like a Mukas Eitz. Well, if you are like a Mukas Eitz, why don't you argue about that? Why don't you say that? Rav says, this is what we mean. When you have a Gadol, an adult male, who has relations with a girl who's young, under age three, then nothing happened. The Pachas Mikan, because if she's under age three and somebody has relations with her, it's the same as sticking a finger into the eye. It's just an expression letting us know, like you created a cut. What happens when you cut your skin? It goes back. The skin heals itself. So when she's under age three and somebody violated her, so then it's going to grow back. There's no concern. The cotton, abala gadaila, but we have a cotton, a minor has relations with the gadaila, so then it's not going to grow back. And I saw Mukas Eitz, he turns her into, her body becomes a Mukas Eitz. Mukas Eitz, Gufa, Plutta, Derevei, And now 
the same, whatever, uh, whatever status you hold by a mukas eitz, that's what you're going to hold in this case as well. Omar of Omar Rami Barchama, Rami Barchama says, Machlokas Kishehikir Ba. The Machlokas. The, the, the Machlokas in our Brisa, okay, is Kishehikir Ba. If the husband knew when he married the wife that she was a Mukas Eitz. He was aware that she no longer had signs of virginity. Now she was a virgin, she never had relations, but she lost her signs of virginity because of mukas eights, because something else pierced the, the hymen, the membrane. The Rebbe Meir, Rev Meir says that when you have mukas eights, so we're comparing her to a bogaris. Now let's explain. A bogaris, we actually... We, we, I purposely mentioned this before, we said earlier, you know, nowadays are women who get married older than the younger teenage years. So as their body matures, the membrane weakens and can really be broken sometimes even through a very simple activity. Okay? So the mayor says that that's like a bulgaris, uh, um, a woman in a complete adulthood. Now, if you have a Bulgaris, let's say you have a, a lady who's getting married, she's 50 years old. Okay, practically speaking, you have a woman who's getting married for the first time when she's 50. Would you assume that she, her hymen is still intact? Probably not. Alright? Now, is she a virgin? Yeah. What's it going to say in her ksuba? Besuba. She's going to get the full-fledged ksuba of a besula, of a virgin. So Reveyor says, Mukas eats, when you have a piece of wood that breaks the hymen, you know, all, all that does is it makes it like a woman who's, uh, you know, she's got a, just a mature body. Okay, I said 50. The truth is, the same thing holds, holds weight very often when you're 20. Okay? But the Rabbana no compare a Mukas eats to a beula, a woman who lost her status. Of a virgin of a but let's say he didn't know at the time of the marriage, everyone's going to agree that she doesn't get any ksuba, which we're going to have to clarify what it means, uh, what it means, like uh, what it means at all. Okay? Now, right now, it seems to mean she doesn't even get uh, the lower value. Why does mayor prefer to compare a woman who's a mukas eight to an adult? Like a real adult woman who still keeps the status of a besula. Why doesn't he compare it to a beula, the woman who lost her virginity? He says, Because when a woman lost her virginity by, a, by a, a human, by a male, by a man, so she actually had relations. But over here, a piece of wood, something entered into her, no human did that. Since no human did that, she has the status of a virgin, and she's fine. Uh, as far as her ksuba. The Rabbanon who compare her to a Ba'ula and say she only, you know, uh, she only gets a hundred uh, zuz, why don't they compare her to a Bogaris, a regular adult woman who lost her sign of virginity? Listen, when you have an adult woman, she becomes 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and she doesn't have signs of virginity, uh, and she doesn't have signs of virginity, you know why she doesn't have signs of virginity? That's because of age. Because that's a regular, uh, regular biology, regular process 
But did anything happen to her body? No. By Umukas 8, something did enter her body. And since something did enter her body, that is reason to say that her ksuba changed. Okay. Let's say he wasn't aware at all. Everybody agrees there's no ksuba at all. Most of them, Nachman says, I don't understand something. If she says that, she tells her, by the way, you should know, I'm a mukaseis. I'm not going to have signs of virginity because there was a piece of wood that pierced my hymen. Vuemer, like ki ella drusas ish at. How do I know? Maybe you lost your virginity through uh, a, a man, a, a man going inside you. We believe her. So you see from here that even if he claims otherwise, we believe her. So why did Rabbi Bar say that she's not going to get any ksuba at all? Answers the Gemara, El Amarava, Bain Hikrba, Bain Lahikrba, Le Rabbi Meir Masayim. Rameir says, either way, she's going to get the ksuba of a besula. Okay? Le Rabbanon, Hikrba, Mana, if he knew about it, then she gets a Mana. Lai Hikrba, then, Velai Klum, she doesn't get anything at all. Okay? Why does she get anything at all? Because consider like she tricked him. It's considered like she tricked him. Okay? She should, she should have mentioned this. But then, you should know, Rava backed off, and um, Rava agrees that even according to the Chachamim, she would get the Ksuba of a Ba'ula. Why? Why did Rava ultimately change his opinion as to what the Rabbanon's opinion is? And that even in such a circumstance, she receives a Ksuba. Did Tanya because learned in a Brisa? We're now entering a fascinating sugyo, fascinating topic of a husband who gets married and after the first night he comes to Bezdin and says, I have witnesses that my husband, that my wife had relations while she was married to me. She willingly had relations as a married woman. He's spreading, this is Haitzah Shemra, Maitzi Shemra. He's spreading a bad name about her. Bala comes to Bezin and says, He says to the father, You should know your daughter does not have Basulim. This is the case where the father married off the daughter. If there's witnesses that she had relations while she was married, oh, so now she doesn't get a ksuba of a virgin. The ksuba changes to be a ksuba of a ba'ula. Now listen to this. She had relations underneath him, change her ksuba. Anybody bothered by this? What happens to a woman who willingly has relations as a married woman? What do we do to her? Tzchayimisa. You worried about Ksuba? Tzchayimisa. What are you going to pay for? Uh, Renting the cliff? (laughs) What's going on here? If there's witnesses that she had relations, she's Tzchayim Skila. This is what we mean to say. If there's Aiden, then you're right. She gets stoned. But if there's Aiden to say like this, before she was even married to him, she had relations, and therefore at the time that she got married, she was ready a bula, that's when we changed the ksuba. It's not Chayav Misa, because she never had relations once she was married. She had relations prior to the marriage. Now, he thought she was a bazula, so he wrote a tuba for 200. Now it turns out she was really a bula. Witnesses say that. Is she chayav misa? No. 
Was her ksuba change? Yeah. This means to teach us According to what we're saying right now, it says the Gemara, by the way, this means when a husband marries a woman, a, guy marry, a, a man marries a woman, thinking she's a basula. Turns out, she wasn't, she's been around the block. Turns out she wasn't. So what are we saying changes? Just, just her ksuba. Does this bother you? Yeah? Does it bother you? That the only thing that changes the I mean, can the husband say, if I would have known, maybe I would have never married in the first place? Right? I mean, let's get into this. Says the Gemara, one second. Umasir Reb Nachman. Reb Nachman asks a challenging question. He says, Hanaisi Isha, one who marries a woman, there's no signs of virginity. He She says, after I was in Arusa, Nasti even Espasa today. Somebody uh, raped me. Somebody's violated me. And it is what it is. That's what she says. Well, it was against my will. And he says, no. You were violated or you had relations before our marriage. And therefore, the whole thing is Mekach I thought I was marrying a basula. Turns out I didn't. You didn't tell me that. But let's look loud. It seems to imply... There's no ksuba at all. So says the Asr of Nachman, why are you saying that when she had relations prior to the marriage, her ksuba is going to change to 100 mana from 200? Shouldn't the halacha be there's no ksuba at all? This is trickery. The is it Shaykh? Is it possible that Rav Amram and all the great gener- all the great sages of the generation were sitting when Rav Sheshes taught this Vikashalahu and they had the same question? Vishani and he answered them, My Mekaktois Nami, Mimasai. And what does Mekaktois mean? It just doesn't mean that the whole marriage is uprooted. It just means that we change the value of Baksuba. Mona Isla, she still gets a hundred. Vat Amrit less the cloud. And you're going to say you get nothing at all. Rav says, "Man, If you ask the, if if whoever's asking the question is asking, saying good, because the word mekaktois seems to imply that the whole marriage is out the window. He wants to say, "I don't owe her anything." The whole I I I, I thought she was a basula. Turns out she's not. Okay. So now, according to this, if let's say you have a fellow who marries a woman. And it turns out, after they got married, this woman had been around the block before marrying him, and she had basically given off connotations that she was a basula, she was a virgin. And it turns out, she really wasn't. Okay? So, it seems from this, she loses her ksuba. Which is arguing on Rechia Baravan. So, Zezgmar Velakashahach. But what about our Brisa, which says she still gets the ksuba of a baula? She still gets a hundred mana? What, how does it work? One place it seems she gets a hundred mana, other place it seems she gets nothing. So answer the Gemara, Taretz ve'emahachi. And this is great. Taretz means, Taretz is an answer. But over here, we have to like squeeze in, we have to like change things around to make this all make sense. Okay? So we have to say as follows. Here's, here's how it works. Here's the halacha. Im edim, if there are witnesses, shezinsa tachtov, that she lost her virginity. She had relationships. Or she, had, she had intercourse willingly. 
once she was already married to him, now they hadn't yet moved in. He put a ring on her finger and moved out of town for a year. And now, you know, they move in, they have Nesuin later. During that time, she willingly had relations with somebody. Then, Beskila, Ishchai of Misa, right? There's witnesses, and she's, a, you know, she's a, a woman who willingly had relations once she was married. She was a married woman. Now, Zinsa Me'ikara. But let's say she had been uh, promiscuous. I think that's the word, right? Before they were even married. Before the Arison. Velaiklum. Then she doesn't get any soup at all. You know why? Because she tricked him. She tricked him. She already lost her virginity well prior to her being married to him. At the time that he put a ring on her finger, he thought circumstances were one way, and the circumstances really were not like that. Nimtzes, it comes out, Mukas eights that if she, uh, if uh, it turns out that she had lost her virginity, not because of any man having relations with her, but because of an item having entered her, a mukas eitz, yesh laksuba mona. That's where we say you're going to have laksuba of a mona. See, here's what we're saying. Here's what we're wrapping up. She willingly had relations once she was married, once she was acquired. Misa. No talk about finances. No financial conversation. Misa. Let's say she lost her virginity prior to the marriage. So then we'll change her ksuba. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, there's no ksuba at all. She tricked him. If she lost her virginity because of mukasets, not because of a man breaking her signs of virginity, but because of a piece of wood, an item, causing her to lose her signs of virginity, then she remains married to him, but Aksuba will change from, uh, from 200 to 100. Vaharava hu da Amar le Rabbanon, and uh, wasn't it Rava who himself said to the Rabbanon, lahikir bov lahiklum, that let's say he didn't know about it, then even by Yamukah say she doesn't get anything at all. Ela Rava me'ahi. It must be that Rava backed out of his original understanding of the opinion of the Chachamim. Period. Beautiful. End of that Gemara. Let's just wrap up today's daf by reading the Brisa, and then we will restart tomorrow, Mirz Hashem, with this Tanu Rabbanan. Okay, let's just learn the Brisa. And what the statement is, is we're not going to get such clarity because tomorrow's daf will clarify the b'risa, but let's learn this together. The rabbis learned, and so should we. If let's say you have a husband, we're going to call him the first husband, as we're going to see, he brings her in for the purpose of nisuin. So he doesn't just put a ring on her finger and says, behold, you are acquired to me. He stands with her under the chuppah. He brings her into his domain. That's what a chuppah is, by the way. Okay, a chuppah is a husband bringing the wife into his domain, which is why many people have a custom that the the, the joke is: why does the chassan walk down first to teach him to wait for his wife? That's the uh, that's that's the uh, that's the joke. The reason why the chassan really walks down first is because when the kala comes under the chuppah, she has to come under a domain that's already his. He's bringing her into his home. Some people have a custom that the chassan takes a few steps forward as the kala gets to the chuppah, and then walks back, kind of like walking her into his home. Okay, that's where that custom comes from. So, when you have a husband who brings her into chuppah for nisuin, and we have witnesses that they never really entered a room to even have yichud, certainly no relations together. Like we said, under the chuppah, the husband drops dead. Alright? Inami, or nistera, there's witnesses that maybe she even went to the Yichud room with him, 
But two minutes later, they called Atzala. He had a heart attack and he died. And that's too short of a time for seclusion. They weren't together long enough to have relations. Now she marries a second husband. The second husband can't come to Besden after marrying and be like, oh my goodness, there were no signs of virginity. She tricked me. I thought she was a virgin. No. Doesn't matter. Even if it's, well, there's witnesses saying that she wasn't with him long enough. It doesn't matter. You cannot come and claim Tainas Basulim. You know why? Because she already entered the domain of the first husband. The moment she enters the domain of the first husband, she takes on an automatic status of being a non-virgin. And Vesham, tomorrow we'll explain this b'risa, we'll get into the details of this b'risa. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody.